Are you ready to be punched in the nuts by the truth? Then get ready for the number one no-nonsense, zero bullshit, whiner-free podcast that Time Spiral Magazine stated. What Viagra does for old people, this show does for magic players. It's the one, the only, Public Enemies Podcast. With your hosts in alphabetical order, because we didn't want to offend anybody, Dr. Jesus. Howdy to all you ladies out there in Radio Land. Jay Bush. God damn it. And last but never least, Tangents. When life gives you lemons, quit. So lube up your ear holes and prepare to be skull playing. Because you're tuned into Public Enemies. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Episode 9 of Public Enemies Podcast. I am Tangent. With me, once again, is the most infamous 15-year-old girl in magic, Dr. Jeebus. Hey, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> and uh, also the, uh, without a doubt, most mega podcast slut in magic, Chris Lansdell. You are Saki Saki, fight there at 10, cross tax. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so obviously Jay motherfucking Boosh is not with us this week. He has, uh, uh, what is it that he's going to be doing again? Oh, that's right, he's going for Big Cock, so you'll have to ask him about that. Um, anyway, so Jay won't be joining us, he will be back next week. And you have Chris to fill in those shoes. Those little, very tiny, trollish, under-the-bridge kind of shoes. And it uh, shouldn't be too hard, I wouldn't think. I feel the need to say something like, hurdle dirtle derp derp or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> there you, yeah, see, it's like we have Jay here with us right now. All right, so uh, let's uh, go ahead and start this off. We've had uh, plenty of comments. We've had some serious email and... Uh, Quite a few comments on MTG Cast. Uh, just to start things off with, I wanted to go ahead and read a couple. Well, one email and then another comment. The fir- the email I wanted to read is from Duncan, and I would have put this into a question, but he's actually got a lot of expl- explanation on here, so I wanted to go ahead and give him the full uh, attention he deserves. He said, I decided to send this email because something in my local community pisses me off royally, and I was wondering if this problem, if this is a problem in other places as well as what you esteemed gentlemen think of the situation. I use the quotation marks because my, which was around local, because by local I mean 45 minutes from where I live. I'm from the ass end of nowhere, and there's no magic community here. However, sometimes I go out of my way to get to F&M. Unfortunately, I'm going less and less because the only place hosting them that I can go without a hotel stay is the dinky comic book shop almost an hour away, and they don't have any sort of judge. There is a rules advisor. That would be okay with me. I'm not too picky, but the damn guy hasn't got a clue about the rules. For example, at one F&M, a guy forgot to turn his land right side up during his untapped step. 
He went to untap his lance after he drew his card and his opponent called the rules advisor over. The rules advisor told this guy that since he forgot to untap his land during his untap step, they would have to remain tapped for the turn. What the fuck? Correct me if I'm wrong here, but this strikes a bad note with me for two reasons. One, don't things untap whether you physically turn them or not. I could see a warning for misleading his opponent by not showing that the lands were untapped, but they should have untapped. And two, even if that is not the case, wouldn't untapping after the draw step be covered by out-of-order sequencing as an acceptable shortcut? I myself am not a judge, so perhaps I'm just wrong, but believe me when I say this is not the only instance of this rules advisor ruining tournaments. Maybe I'm too strict on how F&M should be handled. I know that without this guy in this store, I wouldn't get to go to any tournaments. I just hate it when someone is wrong but has the power to warp games with prizes on the line. Am I wrong? Was this the correct ruling? Should this not piss me off? Anyway, please let me know what you think about small communities that don't have access to the resources and options others have and what do you think you would do or would have done in this situation. I really enjoy the show and hope you keep them coming. Thanks. That's so, a long email. Yeah, exactly. But both of you uh, should know the answer to this one, and it's pretty easy, yeah. but uh, why don't you go ahead and take it? He's wrong in a couple of ways. Um, first of all, FNM is at what we call a regular rules enforcement level, and the way I've always been taught is that rules at regular REL, there's two things that can happen to you. You can get a slap on the wrist or you can be disqualified. In this case, even a competitive REL, if you forget to untap your lands before drawing a card, ain't shit going to happen to you. Untapping is not a voluntary action, unless there's something in play that says that there is. All of your shit untaps, whether you physically turn them upright or not. I don't even think this is a warning, but I don't have the full rules memorized. At FNM, it's definitely not a warning. And he most certainly at any level would not be required to continue playing the turn with his lands tapped because he forgot to untap them. That is complete and utter bullshit. Having said that, you do not need a rules advisor in the store to play an FNM because if there is no judge or rules advisor, the TO defaults to being the head judge. So tell this guy to go and suck his own nub. Anything there, Jeebs? Um... Let's see. So, yeah, it definitely, the land's untapped. Like, I actually had a judge, like, let me untap things. I forgot to untap a permanent, and it was, like, halfway through my turn, uh, and it completely changed the outcome of the turn and what my opponent would have done, and it's still untapped because it had to untap. That's ludicrous that you wouldn't be able to. Um, it's, it's still not acceptable to draw every turn before you untap. Um, that I would, but like you don't DQ someone or like give them game losses for it. You just yell at them and tell them to stop doing it. Um, yeah, that's and it's again, it's true. You don't need to have a judge at F and M. It sounds like this guy's best course of action, though. Like, if like I wish he was here to ask questions because I'm curious if the rules advisor is the TO, right? Um, if he's if he's, like, acting as the judge for the tournament, but he's not actually a judge, judge, he's just an advisor who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But I kind of know how that, how the, what the situation is that he's talking about. I mean, I don't know his specific situation, but I've had the same thing happen where, uh, for instance, down at my friend Ben's store, he, uh, he has this guy who comes in to help out. And the guy's cool enough, and he's been doing a lot for the store, 
And he's the guy that people will go to with questions if they need a question on a ruling or anything. But we were playing EDH the other day, and uh, someone said something about that he played. Uh, he put top down on turn one, and someone mentioned, uh, "Oh, you know what? They were trying to figure out a way to destroy it or whatever." And the his friend sitting next to him said, "Oh, you can't destroy it." There's like he, he'll just put it back on top of his library. You can't destroy it, and and the other guy was like, "Yeah, not unless you have split second. And I was like, "No, you you don't have to have split second. I said, "You can have split second, but you can just do it uh, like after you do the. Uh, it's it's like you ha- it's a, it's a timing issue, right? You have to do it in response to you tapping it, but before the then or whatever, and." Uh, <clears throat> And he's he's like, no, no, that's not the way it goes. That's I've never heard that before. And it's like, okay, well, you're supposed to be the rules guy here, right? You're the one who's supposed to be helping these people out, and you don't even know that simple thing that, like, most people that have played with top before know because that's, like, the one way you can get it. And so, so he had to call a judge. There's always those people that, like, do know a lot about the rules, but because they know a lot about the rules, they think they know everything about the rules. And that's really simple, though. Yeah, like, that's basic. <laughs> yeah, it's basic. You know, if you tap it, you can respond. And right, right. I know it's basic. I don't, I don't to, to, uh, that's the point, though. But like, that's there's always. Well, it's not. It's it's far less basic than the whole uh, untapping your land thing, though. I'm saying there's just always someone that thinks they know everything at these things, and they don't. And what I would tell this guy is, if you really have this kind of issue. Work to become a judge. I mean... Yeah, that was going to be my yeah. advice as well. Although, like, the one problem with that is then, in, you know, unless he, like, prints out his little judge card or whatever, because they don't actually mail them to you, um, then his options are to either just hope everyone takes his word for it that he's a judge and hope that, you know, they don't think that uh, he's fucking with them or not play an F&M. I mean, like, judges can play in their own F&Ms now. But there's well, still there's always that concern whenever rules things come right. But he can get it worked out with the store. I'm sure he can get his card printed out. He can get you know, there's a lot of ways that he can be taken legitimately as a judge. Not to mention he can carry a copy of the book on his smartphone, you know, of the rules on his smartphone and show people when they have stupid ass questions or you know issues like this that are really blatantly obvious. I think it's cool that he he asked us about it, but that whoever that douche is that said that, that dude needs to go back to like magic 101. So yeah, I've had I mean I've had even worse things than that happen. Than figuring out uh, whether or not you can untap your land, like isn't that the most well, basic thing? Well, that that is pretty basic. But like <laughs> I, there was it was like a level zero judge, which sucks because like even if I report him, which I did, like yeah. There's nothing that can happen. He's level zero. But, like, I was playing against someone, and they knew what deck I was playing, so they sideboarded game one. Oh, God. Uh, and this was, it. this was in, like, old extended, so we had sideboarded in uh, Sacred Ground. It was an anti-land destruction card. Right. And, like, it's, you know, he played it on, like, turn two, and it's very clearly not going to be in his main deck. Like, no fucking chance. And so I called the uh, the fake judge over, and he's like, oh, well... Just remove it from play and, like, replace it with a basic land in your hand or something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got it's a like, better idea. How about we like, go to game two? 
Yeah, yeah that's like almost the fix for an illegal deck, sort of, but not mid game. No, 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 no. That's, that's horrible. It, yeah, I. <laughs> Nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. You <laughs> got screwed. All right, so listen. I still won, but <laughs> well, yeah, but you still got screwed over by the judge if that happened. Man. That's pretty yeah. messed up. So, okay. Uh, moving on to a listener comment here. This is just in response to our net decking talk that we had. Uh, he said, I didn't entirely agree with your net decking hate speech until I played a guy whose deck was based around the priest of Urabask. Mere Superion combo. I suggested he play some lightning bolts to help with removal, and he got all pissed off. He quit the match after I doombladed his Superion. I guess that it, this isn't a question, but those guys are retarded. That's what he said. So, and yes, well, first of all, that's not a combo. Which I see people do this all the time. Like they say, a combo. it's not a right. Yeah, it's like you know, it enables it. There's synergy and stuff, but it's only really a combo unless it does something infinite or near infinite that is either game ending or results in like infinite life or something right right so but yeah, yeah like you're playing red and you don't have lightning bolt in your deck like get the fuck out of town <laughs> i don't even want I, this Doing guy deserves no other discussion because he's yeah. just an idiot right right so uh yeah, yeah. i well, mean being ahead, a rogue please. builder i listened to that segment and I found myself agreeing wholeheartedly with what Jay was saying. The majority of rogue deck builders are completely unapproachable and complete douchebags. You cannot tell them anything. People like me, I will build the deck. The only way I get defensive about it is when people dismiss it out of hand without trying it. Right. But if you played against it and you're like, this deck sucks because X, Y, Z, or you need to add A, B, C... I'm going to listen. I might not take your advice, but I'll certainly listen to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's kind of the key is just listening. For one thing, I mean, you know, if you play someone ten times and they beat you nine times and you finally beat them that one time, it doesn't mean the rogue deck is good. You know, it means that, okay, you finally beat me. It finally worked the way you wanted it to, but clearly it's not consistent enough. So there's a, there's a lot of things that rogue deck builders just don't they're not willing to listen to and that's why you know the really good rogue deck brewers are are uh, pros and uh, we're just scrubs still so I will like, say though like um you know people rogue deck builders have a tendency to just disregard any comments they receive which. I, you know, I I like to build my own decks as well, and I thought I was guilty of that, because, like, I had posted a deck on a forum. I was trying to tune it for states. This was a few years ago. Right. Uh, and, uh, like, I was just disregarding every suggestion everyone made there. But it's not because I wasn't willing to listen, because then when I was playtesting, like, someone, you know, one of my friends I was playtesting with made a suggestion, and I was like, wow, I'm retarded. Why wasn't I doing that? So one of the other problems is a lot of the suggestions you get from people are also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. That is very true. And it, it's really, it does make things hard when you have people giving you stupid comments because it's like, you, everyone's got an opinion. And a lot of people have really bad opinions. So, what were you going to say, Chris? Were you starting to say something? No, I was just going to say, like, the shit that people have asked me why I don't include it. Like, when I built the 
Xenograph Turn Timber Ranger deck. Someone asked me why I don't have t- Torporob in there to shut off the Deceiver X out combo. Yeah. Really? Like, <laughs> just like, blink, blink. What? <laughs> why aren't you playing a card that will, like, make your stupid combo not work? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so, speaking of uh, Jack and Chris... Just kidding. I don't think we were speaking of Jack. <laughs> I know. I just wanted You're a to have a liar. really bad segue. Um, no, but honestly, I did want to talk about Jack and Chris's uh, bailing on their podcast primary topic about cheating. So, Chris, why don't you, since this is your podcast, why don't you set up what happened, and then Jeebs and I will discuss it. Sure, I can do that, but it's going to completely and utterly blow your argument out of the water before I, it even starts. I doubt it, but go ahead. What, we don't even have an argument yet. How can you, like, <laughs> counter it? <laughs> oh, well, T- Tangent and I have had this discussion, and he's wrong. Uh-huh. Um, so, there's this podcast called World at War, which Jack was asked to be on to get these new kids started. And they approach me uh, to join them as well, because for some reason they think I add something to a podcast except for an incredibly sexy British accent. And you said I was going to be the one who was wrong? <laughs> no, well, you know. <laughs> There's a reason I'm the podcast whore. All right. So, anyway, we're on this show, and we did one episode that lasted five hours. Yeah, that was pretty tough, by the way, just so you know. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would well, you have a podcast? Because they played more, like, a game of EDH and they recorded it. And I was in such a dominant position that I just wanted to absolutely abuse these two guys with magic cards and I just didn't want to quit. And by the end of it, I was ready to tear what little hair I have out. Anyway, so we decided this needed to be changed and Jack suggested that we do a podcast about cheating. Not one episode, but an entire series of podcasts about cheating, not just how to avoid cheating, not just how to stop people cheating against you, but how to not get caught when you cheat, how to cheat effectively, different methods of cheating, why you should do it, how how everyone else is doing it. Why you should do it? Yes. All right. Interviews with famous cheats. They were going to try and get Mike Long on the show. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Died laughing. Then they were going to try and get uh, Michael Posgay on there, and like this was the, this was this guy's big dream. He wanted to have a podcast about cheating. I like uh, it. I spoke to the two level twos who I've been dealing with because I'm trying to get certified as a judge in a couple of weeks. Yep. And two level twos that have been helping me with that just basically said, "Do not do this thing. If you do this, you will never be a judge." So. I checked with someone significantly higher than a level two, who shall remain anonymous, and he basically said, I have a sledgehammer right here that will come at your head if you do this. (laughs) I want to be a judge. I think it's the best way I can give back to a game that's given me so much, and I am not going to get myself involved with anything that will jeopardize that. Plain and simple. Jeebs, you want to go ahead and comment before I start going off here? Okay, so you're so the discussion is about them not doing this idea. That's yeah. okay. I thought we were just taking over the discussion until he described what it was. Um, no, you having a 
having a podcast and or anything and just teaching people to cheat is bad. Like, I don't know. I I have a feeling that since you want to go off, that you're going to disagree with that. But not uh, exactly. That's I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree, and I'm going to say right now, without hearing what you have to say, you're wrong. Well, I'm not Cheating wrong. is bad. It should never be encouraged. It isn't. It isn't encouraged. Okay. First of all, originally, and I was just going off of what they said on the show. Okay. You you can do a podcast all about cheating. Now, I never once said a podcast where you're encouraging cheating or promoting cheating or any of that. When I was talking to them about it, and they were still arguing with me about it, it was about cheating, about having a podcast, about cheating at all. Okay. And the thing is, is is it doesn't have to, you can have a podcast about cheating you can have a bo- podcast talking about the techniques of cheating how to spot cheating what to do about it and all that and you can even make you know do it tongue in cheek like oh this is really to to like stop people from cheating and and everything but you're really just giving people the techniques if that's really what you want to do i don't know why you would want to do that but if that's your game fine whatever and they can't do a damned thing about it, even if you want to be a judge. And if they do do that, well, that's a really great. So basically what you're trying to say is that, like, Wizards of the Coast patterns themselves after the United States government. Is that what they're doing? Like, they, they'll uh, shut you down if you don't agree with what they say? Like, you're not, you're not promoting cheating. You're not, you're not going out killing people to have a gun store. You're not going out and uh, driving cars into each other by having a store where you sell alcohol, you're not, you know, the, these things, just because of the fact that you're doing something that involves cheating doesn't mean that you are not really helping the community. You can help the community. I mean, even uh, the watchman, Eric, said, uh, he, he said that he agreed with me, that, that in order for people to be able to spot cheating and to be able to avoid cheating... They they have to know how to find it, how to spot it, how to see it. You would actually be doing a service to the yeah, community by fine. doing that. But, uh, but that's the thing was though, like, yeah, well, it sounded like it was also going to go into how to cheat, like when to, etc. Well, that, that, that yeah, yeah, but that, that I didn't. Way hit. over the line. That was never at all like. See, Chris has to also understand the fact that that I was going only off of what I could hear on the show. Sure. Right and yeah. and what I heard on the show was never about that at all. It was about no. I understand that, and that's what I was trying to explain to you earlier. Like there was more to this entire discussion than what was discussed on the show, and he edited a lot of that out. Edited a lot of that out. As right. Well, well, uh, well. I mean, but still, though. Like, do you not do you not think that that they could get away with talking about a lot of it without actually necessarily like promoting it like why would they who was wanting yes, to do but, this just out of curiosity was this it was the, jack's original idea yeah to talk about it and then the guy anthony who hosts the podcast ran with it and okay. when i explained to jack why i couldn't be involved he saw my point of, of view as well but well the thing why, is, why would anyone want about show people how to cheat like why would you want to put yourself out there in the community unless it was done tongue-in-cheek like i said it's like kind of like a joking like here's really what we're, what we're doing we're pretending like we're teaching you how to cheat but what we're really doing is trying to show you how to spot cheating you know right. and th- yeah but i don't think that was the plan see what what happens here is that it's it's just a way to to fill a niche that wasn't being filled and 
what you're talking about with a, a cast where you tell people how to spot cheats is probably one episode. You wouldn't fill an entire series of episodes with that topic. So I guess that might have been what he was thinking. I don't know. Regardless, it didn't seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> it it seems a like a horrible, horrible podcast. I was just saying, like, I think it would have been amusing if you guys would have had a podcast dedicated to cheating because it could have been tongue-in-cheek and making jokes about it, but then at the same time helping people. And that's what I think would have been a good idea and would have been fun and entertaining for people. Even though I don't know, I mean, I think you could have run with it a lot more than you think, because I think you could have done, like, a lot of, like I said, like, joking around about cheating and different things, and, and, but then you could also point out situations where people were cheating and talk about it and talk about how to avoid it and what to do in the situation, and there's lots of things. I don't think you necessarily could, you could do it all in one episode, but you could kind of break down the different things that you were talking about. And instead of taking it into a really serious, this is how you cheat, why and when, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems like you could do just as many things trying to protect people from cheating and to, you know, how, how to, like, deal with those people and make kind of, a, kind of a joke about it but in a positive way. But if people are, like, seriously talking about cheating, uh, that's... That's ridiculous. So I, I just I assumed that it was all kind of tongue in cheek and like a joke. But if that was something, I mean, I don't even know why you bothered to ask a judge about it because like no one in the right mind is going to say that's okay. Well, exactly. But I wanted to plausible deniability, right? <laughs> but when you look at it, like I'm the guy. I when I went to my first paper tournament in ten years, the guy sat down opposite me and did the double nickel, and I never noticed it. You know what the double nickel is? Uh, no, that I do not know. It is an incredibly shifty way of shuffling, um, which I won't go into, but basically it's been declared illegal by numerous high-level judges, and unless you know what you're looking for... Oh, I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The thing where they pile shuffle into five piles twice and nothing yes. else. And yes, and then they give it to you to cut. Yeah, and if, if you do that, just for any listeners who don't know, and again, don't do this because you can't anyway, it's cheating... But uh, if you pile shuffle into five piles twice and do no other shuffling, your deck starts uh, exactly the way you left it. So well, that's why yeah. that is illegal. So don't, in, you know, in case you pile shuffle a lot, like, don't use five as your number. Right, and if you ever see any of your opponents go five, pick up five, and then they present the deck to you to cut, call a judge immediately. Don't, okay. like, it's better to have the judge come over, look at the deck, and say, no, this is sufficiently randomized than to risk losing, because it is impossible if they mana, sh- mana weave their deck and then do that, they will not be land screwed the entire game. Fact. I've seen it done so many times, it's impossible to, to avoid it. So watch that. But I just well, want to go back to how you then shuffle your deck. True. Or shuffle well, their deck, rather. I want to go back to something you said, Tangent, about wizards not being able to stop you from doing this. Why was Bob Maher banned for life? You tell me. Wasn't it something completely outside the game? Wasn't he selling merchandise or something like that? Well, doing something illegal is different, right? Well, cheating is illegal. No, cheating is illegal based on what? You're not cheating. Having a podcast about cheating is not cheating. Selling merchandise illegally, that is, right? Having a podcast talking about cheating is not cheating. 
no matter what and cheating says, itself is actually let, legal let's put it this way i could go like right right now i could say on this podcast oh yeah i cheat all the time i cheat all the time every event i go to i cheat wizards can't do a damn thing about it you know why because what what proof do they have i'm just saying that i could be talking about my ass i could be lying i could just be making it up for the sake of the show so unless they actually have proof say that lots of things what was that I said, as it turns out, people do say lots of things. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so there's no, are they true. They're not going to ban me because because of the fact that I say something. Not to mention, you th- you three as podcasters, they don't give an f about you. Now, you as uh, a judge to be, they they would care if if you were actually literally supporting cheating, of course, but. But like Jack has said, you know that he he wants to be able to play competitive magic magic in the future. Wizards isn't going to hunt him down for doing a podcast where he talks to people about cheating. Because I you don't know think what? that was his point. I think his point was that he didn't want judges and local players to be looking at him like a hawk because he does a Why? podcast about if cheating. If he's not cheating, it's not a big deal. I don't care if if players look. First of all, if players look at me like that, I'm just going to look twice as hard back at them. I mean, I'm not intimidated by someone looking at me. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a matter of, like, I, I just don't... You guys are way too strong of personalities to be letting something simple and ridiculous like this get you down. Now, now that being said, I didn't know the whole story, and knowing the whole story, I think you made the right choice, but I still think it can be done in a productive way. And that's all I was saying, so... Yeah. Okay. I think it's... It's right on the edge of, uh, of what would be acceptable and not. One could even say it's on the tectonic edge of what's acceptable or not. Nice, nice. Wow. That was a professional that really just segue. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys complain about my segues, huh? We could just have Chris on here and he can segue like that. You know what? That was almost better because it was actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it was funny because it was bad or it was funny because it was funny? No, it was funny because it was terrible. Right, exactly. Okay, so Tectonic Edge F&M promo. How do you yeah, guys so feel about Yeah, so I just wanted this? to mention this quickly because, um, unfortunately, I've been banned from MTG Salvation for years, so I can't actually go spread rumors. <laughs> uh, so the the August mailing came out for F&M promos, which is Cultivate, for anyone who doesn't know. The artwork's online. Uh, but in the mailing, it actually came with a letter saying, you know, here are your, like, F&M tectonic edges. Which, you know, obviously it was a mistake that's not the promo, because we have we have the physical cards in the same envelope, but it's not the same. However, you know, I had someone go, like, I asked people to go post that, that, like, oh, you know, tectonic edge must be, like, an upcoming pro- promo, probably the September one. And uh, it, all the threads about it actually got locked. Really? Which I found wow. Kind of odd. Yeah. What's it? I said, really? Wow. Oh. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> oh, you know, it was confirmed that it was a typo. And it's like, well, yes and no. Like, if we got a letter saying that, you know, here's your FM, like, Bultivates, like, that's a typo. If you get something saying, here's your FM tectonic edges, that's a mistake where they wrote down the wrong promo, and clearly it has to be an upcoming one, and they just fucked up and sent out the wrong letter. So I just want to get in there and say that is indeed a promo, probably for September, and anyone on MTG Salvation can suck my balls once they find out that that is indeed true. <laughs> Chris, did you have anything to say about that, man? 
Well, the only thing I can think of is it, it might be the September promo. It might be that some fucktard at Watsy typed the wrong card because they were just talking about Tectonic Edge with their boyfriend <laughs> over lunch. <laughs> or it might be that they originally planned to use Tectonic Edge until they realized that that's an even worse card than Cultivate and nobody plays it. But it's a better... Like, considering they're both about to rotate anyway, I'd rather have Tectonic Edge promos since you're more likely to use those in uh, other formats like EDH or potentially Modern or whatever. They well, accidentally they've shown do that. They don't give a fuck about what rotates if you look at the M12 <laughs> event decks. Okay, let's talk let's, about the M12 event deck Segway Master. Was was that better for you? Did you like that one? Oh, I'm so I'm so outclassed right now. I don't even know what to say. I think I think we need to have have Chris do all the segways. He doesn't even need to be on the show. We can just you know what we need. Chris we need to have Segway a podcast. We should have an episode of the cast that's just like a Segway workshop where we teach podcasters <laughs> around the world how to Whatever, segue. man. Whatever. I, I go so, Segway all pro for a reason, man, because it's amusing. Because Segways right. are so retarded in general that, and people make such a big deal out of it. Like we literally, our, some of our first comments were, I really think that you need to have music in musical interludes in between the segments of your show. Like, some other We don't show. have segments, though, so... Yeah, I well, really think you need to shave my ass hair with your teeth. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happen. It's like, whatever, dude. Like, uh, I really so don't think people care about that. Onto an actual topic. Um, uh, that is that an actual, actual with, uh, topic, talk. Okay, mm-hmm. good point. Okay, right. move on. So what were you saying? So, yeah, the Event X came out, and, uh, like, we have the full lists. They were put online. I'm trying to pull them up now. But the problem with um, the Vampire one, it's actually it's a really good value, and it's actually a pretty playable deck for, like, an F&M or a game day. But uh, all but eight of the cards are about to rotate. There's eight main deck cards that aren't rotating. And to make it's, it better, there's only four main deck cards that are actually from M12. <laughs> they're not even all from M12, I don't think. Oh, four, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, again, they're good decks. Like, the Vampire... Well, that's a good deck. The other one's not. The Vampire one, it has two Blood Guests, a Verdant Catacombs, uh, four Nighthawks, some Hex Mages, three dis- are, uh How many dis... Oh, four Dismembers. So there's there's definitely good wow, cards in there. that's actually pretty good. Worth it. What's that? Uh, just the Dismembers alone is, is pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously the price on all this stuff will drop. Because, oh, four Gatekeepers as well, and a Calistria Highborn, like... It's really worthwhile, and again, it's a good deck, but it's all about to rotate. Right. Yeah. And also, this is just a side note, but, like, there's two... The sideboard has two Vampire Nighthawks and three Vampire Hex Mages, but the main deck has four Pawn of Ulamog. <laughs> and, like, since he's supposed to be competitive, in what fucking world would I rather have Pawn of Ulamog in my main deck than, like, a full set of Nighthawks and, like, a couple Hex Mages that can just kill Gideon or whatever? So hold on now. So what you're... I can't believe they put... The blood gas in there too—that's crazy. But uh, so, in what world? I can't believe they put a fetch land in a one-color deck. Well, yeah, that's a little weird too. But uh, with uh, twenty-three other lands, it's not like they're light on lands. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously there for blood gas, but still, like, good for them. They like highlight the Verdant catacombs too. Um, so yeah, what do you mean though that that it's the only one that's competitive out of these two? Look at all these phantasmal. 
uh, creatures in the uh, the other deck, man. These are sick. The black deck is more playable out of the box. The blue deck, I think, is probably the better investment. That phantasmal image is going to be quite sought after in, in years to come, I think. And that deck is probably more customizable. The blue deck, of course, only has four, uh, one thing in it that rotates, that being the preordain, and zero ponder, which makes fucking no sense whatsoever. But that deck, you've got, you could go the Grand Architect route, you could go the Illusions route, uh, you could throw in some Phyrexian Metamorphs and go a, a, more, a slower controlling route. It's it actually got some really good building blocks in there, although straight out of the box, the Vampire deck is infinitely superior. I think Yeah, I mean, the blue one is kind of two different decks. There's, like, the Illusion Tribal deck, and then there's, like, the Grand Architect into Big Artifacts deck, and they're largely unrelated. I mean, I understand the Architects are also another lord for the Phantasmal creatures, but I think it would make more sense to have, you know, two Lord of the Unreals and only one Grand Architect or something. Well, it also is the fact that they're blue creatures, so you get to that advantage from the Grand Architect also, but... One thing I, I wanted to say about the Ponder thing, I think they probably put Preordain in there over Ponder just because Preordain's generally better. And when once it rotates, I'm pretty sure it'll be pretty easy to grab for Ponder. There's in no, a deck like this, Preordain's better. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like there's no fetches or anything, so, right? Yeah. So, if there was a bunch yeah, that, of fetches that's, in that's there. that's not a great list. <laughs> No, no, I was just kidding. I was kidding. I mean, you know. No, I know. So, okay, anyway. We'll be uh, modifying those decks on this week's episode of Hold of Notions. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, there you go. Check it out. I hope you're not going to take the Ponavula Mogs out of the Vampire deck, because I think those are the real cornerstone of the deck. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they have such synergy. You mean fucking toilet seat, then. Those give you extra creatures, you guys. You aren't seeing the big picture. Well, and the creatures you get have, you know, you can stack them for mana. Exactly. There's a whole lot of synergy between, like, the Pawn of Ulamog and then the Viscera Seer and Blade of the Blood Chief. Right. You know, you can have, you can just have an amazingly large vampire Nighthawk, assuming they're not still stuck on your sideboard for some reason. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just the fact that the Nighthawks are in the sideboard is just wrong in general, but, um, okay. So... Let's move on. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, we don't have to do a crazy segue this time. I'm just going to say right now, do you care about the sustainability of Eternal Formants, vi- Vintage and Legacy, yes or no, and why? Well, I have a full set of power, and I have everything I need for Legacy, so I don't care if it's sustainable in terms of bringing new players in. As long as I can play, I'm happy. I used to until modern and overextended started being talked about. Uh, Legacy is going to kill itself, because the prices on the staples just keep going up and up and up, and eventually people aren't going to be able to to handle it. Well, they've topped out. Most of the staples have topped out on price. Oh, duels of forces are still going up. No, they're not. Duels are, for sure. No, they've they've cooled off. 1300 bucks for a beta duel now, for an underground seat. Well, why do you have to buy a beta duel? Yeah, like you can buy, you know, 20 other dual lands for that much money. I am buying shit. <laughs> Fuck that. Again, as, someone who just, as someone who just had like three full sets of dual lands and like 12 forces of wills and wastelands and stuff to sell, like, 
I, I can honestly say, yeah, they've cooled off. Um, you know, obviously they're way higher than they were. But, I mean, Star City had done, you know, they are very smart about it. They just bought up tons of dual lands and forces and wastelands and whatever staples they could. And then they started these legacy opens every week, and then they just kept pushing the price. You know, so wastelands, like, they had been, like, you know, $20, and they were 30 then 40 then 50 then 60 then 70 And then it was like, oh, okay, we can't sell them at 70 so let's drop it back down. And they, that's what they did with all of those staples. So with the exception of when a deck becomes popular, like, uh, Natural Order actually seems to have just become hot again. That's a lot more expensive than they were even a few weeks ago. But the main oh. staples, the dual lands and forces and wasteland and stuff, that's that's all cooled down and pretty much stabilized. Or I, sh- I shouldn't say cooled down, because it's still expensive, but it's stabilized where it is. There seems to be very little movement. Okay, 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 enough of that garbage. Uh, so, here's the thing. So, we've got extended and modern. Overextended, I mean, which is obviously gone by the wayside. We assume, maybe, maybe not. I say yes. Others say yes. Um, but moderns basically become a format, and I think we already commented on this on the last show. Am I wrong, Jeebs? On modern in general? Yeah, like our opinions on it. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Okay, because we were asked to talk about it again, and it says, you know, are you interested or curious about one or both of these two formats? Since we... I think think this question, this was the guy who was trying to email us, like, before the show, and he couldn't figure out how email worked. Oh, I got you, okay. So, Chris, did you you have an opinion on modern? It's 2011. How do you not know how email works? (laughs) Like, where's the fucking carrier pigeon, like, a strap my laptop to so they can fly it to fucking Washington? Like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, wasn't this from Chris? This is from Chris, actually. Oh, all right, okay. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Awkward! (laughs) (laughs) So, so dude, what do you think about modern, Chris, since you weren't here to uh, give your opinion on it? I like the format. Uh, I think the ban list needs a hell of a lot of work because uh, I watched a lot of the Community Cup and, quite simply, the majority of the decks were broken. Hypergenesis is broken. Elves is broken. Dragonstorm is broken. Mm-hmm. They, they, they need to slow the format down. And they were worried about affinity. You could play affinity in this format, and your Arcbound, whatchamacallit, would just sit there watching a whole bunch of pointy-eared elves running around, touching yeah. each other's buttholes while they <laughs> fucking draw infinite cards and cast Emrakul. Like, okay, so so that being said, all right, I, I get your opinion. Now, you've seen Extended, and you've seen, you know, Double Standard Extended, and you've seen that they did have a lot of attention or some hype to begin with, and that completely fizzled out and fell, like, by the wayside. Does that does that not seem like a possibility again, or is there something different about this format? Because so far, pretty much every extended type format that they've come out with has bombed. The current extended format wouldn't be so bad if it didn't combine two of the worst and most oppressive standard formats in recent history. We went from Fairies and Jund to Coreblade, 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 and Coreblade, and basically that's what you have in Extended right now. That sounds like a healthy format. (laughs) That sounds like a format that makes me want to eat my own ass. Like this, this it, it, nobody wants to play. How this would you even do that? But, but okay, let me let me interject though. I I, I, I figure I hear, it out. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Except extended before this extended 
was also disliked greatly. And and people only played it when they had to because that was the format at the time. Do you, like, does this not just seem like we keep repeating the same thing over and over again? No, because I'll tell you why. Magic players hate things that change. Anytime anything changes, people bitch about it. Extended, people used to like the old Extended. No, they didn't. Nobody liked Extended. That's even what when I'm saying. No one liked Extended, and no one likes the new Extended. It just right, seems no like one, no one likes extended. standard either, and no one likes vintage. Yes, exactly. I dare to say that magic players like legacy or nothing, and a lot of no, them don't like legacy. No. People they like standard; legacy. they just hate it right now. Magic players are the worst fucking complainers on the face of the planet. They're worse than fucking wrestling fans, and I should know I'm both. <laughs> Anything that fucking changes that in magic is the worst That makes you literally the worst, the worst person ever. on the planet, then. I no, I don't read comics. Like, <laughs> seriously, Tangent, you have a problem with the wrestling? <laughs> no, I have a problem with the fact he just said the worst people are wrestler or re- people that watch wrestling and magic fans, and then he combined himself into both, which would make him the worst person. But you're right; he did not combine comic book fans in there. So, um, okay. I don't know if I even want to read that question. So yeah, let's well, since, since you were talking about extended briefly, what do you think about overextended and how uh, Gavin Vernay, or however you pronounce his name, just needs to go fuck himself and get over it? Because uh, I still hear people talking about it once in a while. I like Gavin, but I think it's done, and I think he needs to let go. Okay, that's my opinion. Chris? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's particularly holding on to it too tightly. I think once modern becomes a format... He'll just start playing that. I think he'll be given a chance to provide some input. He's got more experience in running tournaments with this format that doesn't exist yet than anybody else has, so they'll probably seek his input on it. But after that, good idea, bro. Nice try. We have some wonderful parting gifts for you. (laughs) All right, so... uh should Star City Games consider replacing Legacy with Modern for a few of the Opens? <laughs> it depends on what you mean by should they. And then also, it also depends if you mean should they or will they. Um, I'm going to have what, to be like Clinton here and ask you to def- uh, what the definition of the word is, is. It is. There is no is in there, bastard. Should they, uh, let's, okay, we'll say this. Do you seriously not know what I was talking about? Yes, I do, but, um, should they consider replacing Legacy with Modern? We'll say that what we're trying to say is, um, will Star City Games, well, I guess, I think they, he means should they, as in, like, giving people an opportunity to play the new format. Should they try and do it? Like, what they will do, I think it's pretty simple, like, Will they? Yes. Should they? Yes, from the business standpoint of they have all these cards that are legal and modern that are less popular in Legacy built up that now they can sell for ridiculous prices. So absolutely they should from a business standpoint. Well, I don't think that means that they will. I think that they'll try and cash in on both, if at all possible. And and I think also it's going to be, it's not like they're going to insert it over the already planned Legacy formats. I think they will... Uh, They'll finish out things the way they are. I don't think they're just going to change up a legacy okay. tournament with modern. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think they'll replace them. They, I, I imagine they will start running modern opens, possibly in addition. As I, I think we talked about that last week, actually. As well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, more or less, I would say that uh, we'll say 
Maybe. That's the overall I'm, answer. I'm thoroughly disappointed because I was uh, I was hoping one of you would say no, they're not going to do that. They shouldn't do that at all. They should, they don't give a fuck about the players. They're not going to run a no. modern tournament to make the players happy. They're going to run a modern tournament because Jonathan Medina and Ben Blywise told them to go and pick up all these fucking marauding dual lands and all the other <laughs> shit that they say is going to be played in this format. And now they have to sell this shit. The only reason Star City Games runs Legacy is because they had a whole bunch of Legacy crap built up that they needed to shift. And now when Modern well, they deliberately built it up because they knew they were yeah. going to do this, though. Of course, and now they do, they'll, they'll do the same with Modern. Will they? Either you will not run Modern and Legacy at the same time because they're basically the same card. Pool. Right. Right. So, well, I think yeah, you will start to see some substitutions. You you might see half and half Legacy and Modern. Probably eventually you'll get to that point. You might only see a couple modern to start with to see how it takes off. But definitely they will. And should they, from a business point of view, like you said, it, it makes perfect sense. Why not? That's the only thing they give a fuck about. Okay. Yeah, they're assholes. Yeah, well, basically, I mean, you said that you were disappointed that one of us wasn't arguing it, and some things just aren't arguable. It's just the way it is, so... Uh, moving on, there there was a, here's another comment, I guess. Wait, wait. Did okay. you just say some things aren't arguable? Are you new to the internet? <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, I'll I'll argue with the best on topics that are uh, you know even bad to argue, but I'm not going to argue things that just are. There's there's some things that are just facts, and SCG will make a profit off of it. It's just the way it is. So, amen. amen. Okay, so uh, this comment here. Recently, when I play against blue or red decks that get the new Jace or Chandra into play from the beginning, it seems to be a lot like the end in the sense that Proliferate changes the format for the better, but only in those colors. On the other hand, Gideon hasn't changed at all, and cards like Angelic Destiny only seem to be making the problem worse. Do you think that any cards from Innistrad will change this, or will we have to wait until we get new Planeswalkers in those colors? I have no idea what the fuck this thing is talking about. So Why did you else? just read that? Why? Because that was a comment from one of our great listeners. Well, do you have their name so we can call them? Like, no, when I this see that is... question, I feel like they just... They took, like, a thousand-sided die, and just <laughs> opened a dictionary, and kept rolling it, and inserting whatever number word on the page it was. And they, they called that a question. I That's know there's a quest, supposed to be a question somewhere in there. And I'm sure that, you know, we could probably have T-Rat come over here and tell us exactly what that's supposed to mean. But what I will say is this. In the future, this is a good time to point this out, we are going to be including people's names with comments. Not so much because we're trying to make fun of you, but so that if you ask a really, really, really horrible question and don't think about it and word it correctly, other people will blast you. I just want to share that with you. All right, listen, listen, I'm a guest here on your wonderful Pubic Enemas podcast, <laughs> and, and I care about your listeners, so I'm going to translate this for you. Okay, do it. Why? I'm fucking butthurt because I want to play white, and I can't make my cards do anything, and I'm too fucking stupid to figure out how to use Angelic Destiny, and I want to play Jason Chandra, but I can't. Because mommy won't give me more than $10 a week. Wah, wah, wah. How do I fix this? Just so you know, listener, uh, this is Chris Lansdale from Horde of Notions Podcast. <laughs> okay? 
Well, I will also say, he mentioned something about proliferate only being good in, like, those colors. And uh, I will. I have to agree that yes, proliferate is only good in the colors in which it exists. Yes, I do uh, agree with that also. A white proliferate deck doesn't. You know that doesn't seem to work in the format because but there are no white or no, green. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. Here's what you can. Here's what you can do, listener. You can run Tezzeret's Gambit, right? And you can also run uh, what's the. Uh, that contagion per- clasp, contagion clasp, contagion engine. Run those. There you go. You get to proliferate your Gideon all the way up to the non-ultimate that he has. <laughs> so his, his ultimate that costs zero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not that ultimate. But but the thing is, I guess I guess that's the point. Maybe he's trying to say that you know when are we going to get a better planeswalker or you know whatever. And I I don't know. I mean I think Gideon's a very solid planeswalker. He's definitely better than the original planeswalker. I mean what of the original planeswalkers was better than Gideon? Maybe arguably Jace. A Johnny was better. A Johnny. I love a Johnny. A Johnny Goldman. Yeah. Uh, Johnny yeah, Goldmane was really underrated, I think. No, I, I think he's card. a great card, but I wouldn't say he was better. He's different. It just depends on what on what deck you're playing. I mean, he's great he for He actually has an ultimate. His like, ultimate's horrible. Don't of, even try and yeah. argue the ultimate. The ultimate, that's the worst ultimate on Planeswalkers, practically. That ultimate And if you're trying horrible. to get to his ultimate, that means you're playing a control deck where you want to gain two life a turn, and Gideon's much better as a control card than a Johnny. Like, a Johnny Goldmane was an amazing aggro card, but... There wasn't a whole... Well, since Kithkin, there hasn't been a whole lot of white weenie running around, so there's been not much occasion to play with uh, Ajani. Ajani was fucking amazing in Soul Sisters. Like, Yeah, he was. No, he was. Yeah, so he was amazing in a bad deck. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, man. You know, that bad deck, that's the same bad deck that Mike Flores said over and over. I probably heard him say about 15 times on one podcast. There's just no way... That it can beat Pyromancer's Ascension. It's just, it can't beat it. There's no way it can beat it. And then after he lost to it like six times in a row, he finally beat Soul Sisters. That's the point. It's like bad deck or not, it won. And he's just absolutely hated out. The only deck that, when he won the TCG 5K in New York, it's the only deck that beat him when he was playing Twin. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. It's still a bad, like I was playing, um, what was this? The uh, Eldrazi Conscription deck, and I played against someone with Soul Sisters, and like, it was, I just remember playing against them, and like, I couldn't figure out how the deck was supposed to possibly win before <laughs> I trampled them. Like, well, and then like, he's complaining the whole time too, he's like, oh, how much should you pay for those foil jaces? Like, well, you know, know also, your crappy deck is worth. Jeeves, like, you could also but, understand that you might have been playing against a bad player. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Like, you know, if someone you, knows how to play Soul Sisters, the person who was playing it against Flores, for instance, was Pat Chapin. If, if someone who knows how to play Soul Sisters can play it well and do well with it. Did you play against the new standard version, the Soul Blade, that uh, ran the Stoneforge package with the infinite combo? No, I mean this was this was uh, okay. a while ago. Because that deck is a good and B has a definite way to win, well, several ways. Right. To win. Well, you don't no, even this, need this to was worry when you about can still Stone. have like Knight of the Reliquary and Noble Hierarch. You don't even need Stoneforge, though. I mean, obviously, you can't be using that anymore anyway. But the infinite combo definitely makes the deck really powerful, and you don't even absolutely need that still for it to go off. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue; it's still not the best deck out there, but it's no, not no. a bad deck by any means. 
having not seen the new list, I'm still going to call it bad and just sound ignorant. Because that's, okay. that's what our listeners want, is something they can yell at me for. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, what do you think of Wizards trying to print a massive Infect Beater, a.k.a. Darksteel Colossus? Do you think it is taking a cheap way out when Wizards reprints a massive creature on an Infect body in an attempt to make a flashy, car- flashy card? Wait, Darksteel Colossus has Infect? I guess he means Blightsteel. I, I assume he does, yes. I, I, so first, I, 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 first, I, I figured part, I that. Is, yeah. The second part, I think, is the real interesting part. Like, Do you think it's taking a cheap way out when Wizards uh, does that thing that they only did on one card in the only <laughs> block that had Infect? Do you think that's a cheap thing for them to do the one possible time where they actually have the opportunity to do it? Right. Well, they so, did. I, they did it with uh, Viridian Corruptor as well, kind of, right? Like Viridian Emissary kind of did the same. Not Viridian Emissary. There was a card in Marodin that kind of did the same thing. That no, didn't uh, have Viridian are not the Zealot, the uh, Shaman. Yeah, uh, and isn't there yeah. like an Infect card in Scars of Mirrodin that's an awful lot like a Ball Lightning? I mean, they can do that stuff all they want, but it's like, who cares? And what? Well. What, there's a big difference between that and Ball Lightning. Yeah, Putrefax like and Ball Lightning aren't even similar. Uh, I'm not going to say they're not similar, but like Putrefax and Borderline are not they're identical or not cards. Even borderline. But not. What was that? The, the whole oh, point is, is, is there isn't a card that they've already printed. This isn't a reprint of a card, for one thing. And two... How is it a cheap way out? I don't even think Wizards cares. Like, what? Are, what? Are, I don't even understand what the question is trying to imply. So you guys feel free to keep answering this because I'm going to sit this one out. This is from the guy who asked about uh, the Garrus Companion flavor text, right? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm gonna All this stuff in comic book writing is uh, from him, so in case you were wondering. Okay, it's called Comic Sans, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it, is a leg- it, is. it is a legitimate font, yeah, despite what half the Internet wants. I didn't think there was an argument there. I'm telling you that it's still basically a, a comic book writing script gen- font for computers. That's basically what it is, right? Okay. It's, like, made to look <laughs> yeah. like some goofy comic book Anyway, writing. yeah, like, Blightsteel's a fine... Well, Blightsteel's a creature that a lot of people were mad when it was printed because it's grotesquely powerful, but... You know what, like, if, if they can get away with Imrakle, which isn't even as powerful as Mara wanted it anyway, then, like, don't cry over fucking Blightsteel. Hey, remember when Blightsteel was printed and it took over the tournament scene entirely and nobody could win because everybody was playing Blightsteel decks? Nope. No, me neither. Yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. Right, you know, exactly. When Blightsteels were sitting in, like, my case at the store for $6. <laughs> I $6? I can get you a playset for 10 like, okay. where? Uh, fast, fast, fast games in Montreal. This card is. Can you give me a playset for ten? I'll resell them fucking on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like, okay. The only time I hate seeing a Blightsteel Colossus. Well, I hate any time it hits the board because yes, chances are it's going to kill you. But it's not dominating anything. The funniest time I've seen this played is that people play it in EDH. You know mm-hmm. what happens when people play this in EDH? It kills them because it gets briberied or it gets Thada Adeled or it gets mind controlled or it gets Sarkin Ball. That's a good one. Like 
it's it's a really big, flashy, flavorful card. It tells the story of the Phyrexians corrupting all of the stuff that Mirrodin had going for it. That's it's a storyline told on a mythic rare, which is what mythic rares were supposed to be used for. What the fuck are you complaining about? Yes, it's a one-hit kill. You know what else is a one-hit kill? Hatred on a shadow guy. I bet you people would start jizzing in their pants if they brought that back. Fuck. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, okay. Let's, uh, Jizz. go ahead and... What was that? Jizz in my pants. <laughs> Which is awesome, uh, by the way. And anyone who hasn't seen it, go check that out. Uh, <laughs> okay, so do you think, based on, I guess we'll just move on with the same same dude's question, do you think Wizards intended for Infect and Metalcraft, the two core mechanics of a block, to be played as little as they are in the current meta? Absolutely. Fuck, <laughs> yes. They spent countless hours of playtesting, research, development, and design to make two mechanics that nobody is going to play. Oh, for the love of fuck. And you know the th- funny thing about it is? They, they What's are the funny played, thing about it? They are played little, but, I mean, how many how many mechanics are played almost fully? Like, was, was Cascade a majorly used mechanic? Yes. Was it? No, it wasn't. It no, wasn't it was used any more than this. Yeah, but that one deck was dominant. No, 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 no. That's not the point. Well, okay, so, okay, let's, uh, if you're going to... Wait, no, hang you, on. It was in Jund. It was in Swans. No, no, wait, wait, listen, listen. If you're going to use one card as your example, maybe two, okay, which is all that Cascade was played, then you could just as easily say Ink Moth Nexus, okay? You could say uh, Mox, uh, the whatever Mox that gets Mox played. Opal. Yeah, Mox Opal. You can get. You can use the Galvanic uh, Blast. Galvanic Blast. What's the the new Dispatch. dude? Right, all these cards, right? So, so you can't. I mean, look, that was one card, possibly two, if you include Bit Blast, were played out of Cascade. That isn't exactly one of the uh, mechanics tearing up the format. Okay, that is one. That card. was also different, though, because Cascade was only in the third set, whereas both Metalcraft and, in fact, were in all three sets. You know, I mean, like Chroma only had one card C play, but it was also like in the fourth set of a block, and there were like six right, Chroma cards. Right. Okay. Tell so. Tell me then what mechanic it is that's literally dominated like every card practically in your deck was that mechanic. Cycling. Flying. Oh, cycling. That's a good one. And that's so okay. if we go all the way back twice. to ninth. Yeah, if we go all the way back to, uh, what, 1997, then yes, there was a very Thanks. dominant mechanic. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, no, no. 97 was the fluctuated deck. Yeah, then it happened that, again when point. Astral Slide and Lightning Rift came Okay, out. thank you for proving my point. Moving on to, uh, <laughs> do you think Infect or Metalcraft will pick up steam when Zendikar block rotates out, Innistrad rotates in? Nope. Nope. See, what's going to happen is we're going to lose all of the Zendikar decks and then go straight to all Innistrad and M12 decks. People are just going to forget that Scar's Block even exists. And the thing is, Infect I... is seeing play now in in the sort of suicide Infect strategy where they throw eight pump spells at one guy. And a lot of those pump spells are coming from Innistrad. I mean, you've got Groundswell. Wasn't Vines of Vaswood from... Uh, not Innistrad, from Zendikar. <laughs> So you've got Vines two of the best from, pump spells. No, Vines gone. wasn't from Vines was from like 
World Wake or Zenit car or something. Right, so it's going to rotate regardless. Right. <laughs> Dude, keep, keep up, Tangent, keep up. So I thought you were saying that it was from Scars. I'm sorry, I no. understood. Because Groundswell is gone when when the rotation hits, and Vines is gone. So that's two of your best pump spells gone. So the only Infect deck that's really seeing any play is not going to get played. Metalcraft or Tempered Steel will still be a deck. Which means Infect will still be being played because, because Ink Moth is one of the winning conditions of that deck. Doesn't really matter. I mean, it's still, it's still never going to be like, oh, an all Infect deck or anything. Yeah, it's never going to be like cycling, but, you know, Infect will still always see play because of Ink Moth Nexus. Right. So, okay. And the last question I think we're going to do for the night, and this very important question. Why is green so terrible? Do you think green is actually bad in M12, or are people underestimating Hexproof because they don't realize how fucking annoying that shit is? So, the reason... I can't say why green is terrible, but green is and has always been terrible. Uh, People aren't underestimating anything, because we already know how annoying Hexproof is, because we had Troll Aesthetic years ago, and it was annoying. If you want green to be good... Play EDH. There you go. If you want, all right. Here's to show, just to demonstrate to people how old a problem this is, because I think a lot of people will not have seen this. Um, Wizards used to put out a magazine called The Duelist. Yeah. Uh, this is way back, and they actually had fantasy cards that they printed in it, like fake cards. I think I think they were mostly designed by Maro, but don't quote me on that. And uh, okay, Jeeb said one- that most of the cards in in uh, The Duelist were designed by Maro. Just remember that, Chris. Okay, go uh, ahead. Again, I, I'm not positive. No, it's okay. So, anyway. you, you, you said they were mostly designed by Mara. We get it. Go ahead. Actually, I think I'm going to tweet that right now. Yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> so here, here is a card that they designed in 1998. It was called Green Doesn't Suck Now, Damn It, which cost one green mana. It was an enchantment. It said, uh, green creatures cannot be destroyed, buried, or removed or removed from play, ever, <laughs> for any reason, not even by Wrath of God. Nice. Oh, and draw a card. And draw so, a card. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, like, this is what was required to make green good back in 98, and nothing has changed. Except, um, I will say, I will say this. They've had their moments of being decent. There was the, the, uh... Nissa deck that had its moment of winning a tournament with the with the Eldrazi monument, and there was also Elf Combo, which Elf Combo is still pretty sick even in like modern format and stuff. Um, yeah, well, again, like back when this card was created, you know, the, every other color had been able to win tournaments by itself. You know, you had right. white weenie decks, you had you know like red aggro, big blue, uh, suicide black. But there was no, like, green stompy yet or anything. The only way green could win a tournament was five-color green, because it was so bad it needed every other color to work <laughs> together to make it playable. Okay, and there you go. And Yeah, like, largely the only way green is playable now is in stupid combo decks or, like, with, you know, little kid green decks where you just swarm them and, like, maybe you'll have an Eldrazi Monument or something, or maybe you're just swarming them and hoping that they don't have Wrath of God or blockers. It is like 9,000 fucking degrees where I'm at right now. Is it hot anywhere else? Not here. Okay. It was like 60s today. Well, it wasn't. It yeah. 
hard. It's it's been wicked hot. I mean, it hit like 106 last week. I've like been sweating like a freaking pig this entire time because I don't have a fan on me right now, which I would really like. So if we could be wrapping this up now, that would be amazing. What was that? Do you not own a fucking AC? Yeah, I do have one. It's in storage. I'm not. I do not. I'm living with a friend of mine at the moment. It's a long story. Jeez, okay. Catch up, man. Come on. All right. I've, oh my god! Fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up, shall we? Let's do that. Okay. So any uh, shouts, Jeeves? Nope. Chris. Shaw, let's throw a shout out to Jay Bush, who's busy getting a cock massage from a 17 year old. That's legal in Canada, damn it. Uh, <laughs> Taiwanese uh, transvestite immigrant named Hong Lo. Okay, okay, yeah. That's uh, very what? specific. It yeah. is, it is. I'm surprised you know all that. You should probably edit that out. <laughs> no, nope, nope, I don't think so. Why would we edit that? <laughs> it's the smartest thing you've said all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, you didn't want to give a shout to any of your, like, Girl Scouts that you have chained up in the basement or anything there, Jeeps? Nothing? No, nah, they, they already know where they stand. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Where you tell them to, damn it. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and give a shout to uh, the future of Stupid Questions on Public Enemies Podcast, and uh, really, honestly, to all of the listeners and everything, we've had some awesome feedback, we've, we're getting a lot of uh, people saying that they love the show, a lot of people saying that they're uh, stalking us now, um, you know, good stuff like that, so go ahead and keep up the good work, guys, and... Uh, if you need Jeeb's address, just let me know, and I'll hook you yep. up. Keep stalking us with sexy results. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, anyway, I think that uh, we're going to wrap things up here. Chris, where can you be reached? Uh, you can get me at hosts at hordeofnotions.com. Not whores in motion or whores with lotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and also by the on way, Twitter as Lance Delicious. Uh, which I'm sure Tangent will put in the show notes because I'm too fucking lazy to spell it because it's 3 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah, I'll, I'll add it on there. No worries. And if you forget yeah. where to meet, or uh, I'm sorry, if you forget how to contact Chris, just listen to any podcast anywhere because he's probably on it. <laughs> yep. Not even this probably. Is... He just is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jeebs, where you at? Uh, I'm right here. Oh, oh. <laughs> you can reach me on um, on Twitter. It's uh, Dr. Underscore Jeebus. That's Dr. Underscore Jeebus on Twitter. Uh, or you can email us, um, the show email, publicenemiesmtg at gmail.com. And that's it. Awesome. And uh, as always, I'm TangentDYN on Twitter, TangentDYN on Magic Online. Uh, get a hold of us. Hit us up with some questions, comments. Tell us how much you love us. Uh, and all that, you know. And uh, I think until next week, we are out of here. Later, guys. P- Peace. See ya.